Hello, welcome to episode 13 of the Stanford Podcast. This episode carries on from last week's episode, so if you haven't listened to that yet, it might be worth going back and having a listen for this all to make sense. Gemma Sagas joins the podcast as part of Mental Health Awareness Week. Something we hear about a lot is around the importance of fitness and health from a physical side of things and the effect that that has on mental health. Is that something that you see, agree with? This is what I just wrote my research piece on actually body image and I think it plays a huge part in therapy but not perhaps in the way you're expecting me to say so I think to answer your question plainly there's obviously a huge amount of evidence that physical health and mental health can go hand in hand and you know there are huge benefits for you know going for a run doing an exercise class and and all of those things however it's never quite that straightforward and what I think we do need to be aware of as a, as a society is how we shame people in in different body body sizes there's a lot of privilege and oppression associated with body image and and access to uh, sport access to fitness and I think there's a lot of areas that we need to look at when we're talking about encouraging people to exercise to support their mental health or encouraging them to eat healthily to support their mental health there's actually a far more complex and diverse set of information that the medical model doesn't really adhere to or or acknowledge um that i think is definitely the the future of, of helping people with their mental health and body image like just linking into that for me again as a parent with a daughter who's 11 about that senior school and everything that that sort of presents especially when you you know she's perfectly happy within herself right now and I'm just terrified that she might not be later down the line or something because she feels she needs to be a certain way or what what you were talking about body image and so on but me as a parent how to sort of guide her which I do try and do but you have to be very you know guide her in terms of sort of health and fitness and balance and and diet and what you eat and all the rest of it but guide her in that way without it being a big deal and without it ever being linked to well you know well if you don't do that then you're mm-hmm. going to end up like that that's not what I want to do at all but you know it's oh, it's, sure. it's how you sort of word it as a parent and influence or guide them I don't mean influence them but guide them and then those influences they're going to meet that are completely out of your control yeah definitely so I think what I hear you talking about is kind of reinforcing sort of negative messages such as you know body shaming or saying oh you've got you know you've got to be this so you're thin and beautiful or I guess one of the one of the tips I I would share about that would be around you know just just taking body image out of it right let's not look at a person's size or how a person looks if we're talking about eating healthily for nutrition or we're talking about getting a balanced and varied diet then why why are we even bringing body image into that right there's there's so many other biological factors in what determines a person's body size that are just not as simple as you know eating and exercising there's actually a whole whole nother section of research that you know looks at genetics looks at biology looks at mental health as a, as a factor for body image and I think to answer your question when trying to guide somebody on the best way to eat or the best way to exercise it can be really great to encourage them from a place of well-being rather than from a place of fear that you know they might put on weight or that they might not fit a certain type so i would guess i'd i'd really try and encourage you to have the conversation without without really body image into it really um i think one of the things that i so i i practice a concept which is called intuitive eating which is basically where there are no food there are no food rules there are no moral values placed on food you can eat kale you can eat a donut it doesn't really matter basically the body 
intuitively works out what it needs so if you really kind of are in touch with your body and you really listen to your body you'll know if it's craving some pizza or a salad you know we do we get all these messages and all these rules put to us externally from you know the diet industry which are basically just trying to take all of our money anyway and we're told how to look after ourselves in a way that has a 95 percent failure rate so i go back to kind of basics with that um if you look at a baby it knows how to feed itself it knows if it fancies eating the pasta on the plate or the sweet potato on the plate or whatever it's given and it stops when it's full and it eats when it's hungry and i think linked to the principle of intuitive eating is something called joyful movement which really links lucy to what you're saying about doing the exercise for the joy it gives you so for the endorphin buzz for the health for the you know feeling of team sport not doing it for oh i want my thighs to look smaller or i want to you know beat my runtime or yeah burn calories i think i think when we when we mix body image and exercise and mental health and physical health we get into a really dangerous narrative of sort of shaming people into thinking they need to look a certain way to live this this happy mm. lifestyle when actually you know true true mental well-being is going to come from accepting yourself from listening to your body from doing exercise that you enjoy you know i for example love swimming um i always hated hockey you know so there would have been no point somebody you know trying to get me to do hockey just just let me swim so i guess let, let your mm. let your daughter pick what she pick what she likes yeah uh, I mean, when you said about the uh, the food thing the bit that i found really interesting within that is you always hear breakfast is the most important meal of the day you know who made that statement and did that piece of uh, work I'm, I'm gonna guess it was kellogg's James. probably yeah and James you win <laughs> correct <laughs> kellogg's bonkers <laughs> and it's hard so uh, i'm a personal trainer as well and so we know exercise is good for you we know healthy yeah. eating is good for you. It, that is yeah. proven but the reason yeah. for doing it should be because it's good for you not because of the aesthetic appeal. Now I'm, I give out that advice. I completely don't live by it. <laughs> um, it's I really do hard it. to do. Yeah, I do it, for, it. I purely for vanity. That's the way I do it. It's really not working <laughs> here with four beers, but I do. I don't work out after. So I've been to the gym today and I've done a hit workout. I didn't do it because to feel great for my body and my body's healthier. I did it because I quite like some abs. Yeah, I think that's really <laughs> honest. And I think I think a lot of the work I do with clients on body image is around you know if, if you were my client i'd be sort of wanting to know well where where's that message come from where, what 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 is it that having abs will give you because actually mm -hmm. i can't imagine you really care if you have abs it's it's it, it, are abs a status thing are they going to make you more desirable are they going to make you more loved are they going to make you more appealing like all of all of these cultural messages lead into a relationship with ourselves and with others and yeah, there's, God, this is a podcast on its own, but it, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's very but, interesting. Uh, but, absolutely. I think where I get upset and where I get a bit um, political is when people are body shamed in gyms mm. or people are made to feel they're not welcome in spaces based on the way they look. And I think, you know, as a society, we something that was brought to my attention actually during my training was like, I hold thin privilege, something that's called thin privilege, which means that I can exist in the world and, and, you know, I can walk down the street of Stanford or into a coffee shop or into a gym and life's very easy for me in that sense. I'm not aware that my size is impacting how I move around the world. And actually there's a lot of people, a lot of people across the UK, across the world who that isn't the reality for. And I think we almost, we don't make life as easy as we could for them. So I actually, you know, go out of my way to make sure that, you know, my practice is accessible for everybody. I want everybody to feel very welcome. I don't want, you know, you're welcome to come and talk to me about body image issues, but it feels really important to say that there's not going to be an expectation from me that you need to lose weight or you need to become more socially acceptable. It's about 
you know, in therapy, it's about how can you accept yourself as you are. And if you want to change, great. But if you don't, you know, also great too. But um, absolutely, I guess you're going to feel better if you do a bit of exercise, right? I think we all know that's proven. But mm. I think it's about understanding that for a lot of people, it's not as simple as just go for a run. People have lots of, of specific mental mm. health reasons why they can't do that. Um, and it's about respecting them just as much as you would somebody that can. It is true, though. People have got to love themselves. You know, if you're Absolutely. happy in yourself and you love yourself, then nothing really is an issue, is it? I'd like to look Absolutely. slightly different in jeans to what I actually do. But I've struggled that with that for many years now. And I'm just going to have to accept that. Why so, do you really want thinner size? Like, what? why? What a thinner size? Is going to give you because I admire other people. You know, when I see someone walking down the street, a woman, for example, and she just looks really great in jeans, and I just think that's how I would like to look in jeans. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something I've kind of got a handle on, <laughs> but it's still there. It's still there, and I, I've never managed it, so I feel like it's something I'm just, you know, it's just. It might be that your body on my your, reach. Yeah, your body might just not. Be, you know I so I put all I put all my weight on on my tummy so like I'm never gonna have abs unless I unless I probably went to work out with Graham you know four times a week <laughs> the <ab laughs> then I would then I would definitely have abs but unless I do that which I don't think I can be bothered to do I'm not gonna have abs and I think you know you can look oh, I don't know I just think sometimes we have to to listen to our body and I, I don't know how old you are but if you haven't had the size you want at this point like Maybe yeah. they're just not for you. Yeah, one thing we definitely do, and definitely now that I'm older, I know I've done all my life, and it feels like such a waste, but you, you're so harsh on yourself. You're so harsh on your body to look in the mirror and criticise yourself. I mean, what a shame, especially when I've just done an hour's HIIT workout. Mm. I should be loving and appreciating my body and going, thank you, I'm fit yeah. and healthy. And Sorry, you've not taken into account all the other things in life that you do, that you've had yeah. a child. And I don't yeah, mean that absolutely. as a, people say, oh, I'm a mother, so I've had a child, so it doesn't matter. What I mean is you've, your body's been able to create a child. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah, it's, but we don't look at it for those amazing things. Or yeah, we're far too, mind. we're far too hard on ourselves. Yeah. Just generally, we are, we are, we are so hard on ourselves. We are so hard on other people, and there is, there is so much to be done in terms of you know body image and, and and relating to people and and seeing people you know for who they actually are rather than what package they're mm. presented to you in. Yeah. Um, the fact that yeah. we treat people so differently based on how well they conform to societal expectations makes me really pissed off. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you're totally right. But it, well, people, we, people are locked in that mentality. Yeah. I mean, I can yeah, see definitely. it from the outside and I'm like, what are you on about? But you still, it's just ingrained. It's just there and it's quite hard to just, I mean, I've broken free of it to an extent in that I know I don't need to care about it. But I still can't help admiring, you know, the girl with the amazing figure, with the, exactly the look in the G. It's just like, I want that. I wish I could just have that, but, you know, just a little bit. But I think, God, how pathetic is that? What on earth am I on about? <laughs> More important things in the world. So I do check myself before I completely wreck myself, you know. But then, it, but then again, I think it's, you know, I hear you kind of blaming yourself for that. Like, they're messages that you've internalised. Like, somebody somebody has told you, you know, the gene manufacturers, Kate Moss, Twiggy, they've all said to you, this is the look that is appealing. You know, you, you when you were a baby, you didn't think, oh, I, you know, want to grow up to have skinny thighs. This is all internalised messaging, and this is the root of yeah. all mental health evil. You know, someone somewhere has decided that skinny thighs are better 
than big thighs. Some, and that's a message that you have internalized. Mm. And, you know, I love that Molly's shaking her head. So, big thighs all the way. Big thighs all the way, absolutely. Well, whatever thighs all the way. <laughs> like, any thighs are great thighs. Love your thighs. Love your thighs, exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, so that's, that's a message that has, has, has been given to you by, mm. by culture, by society, by whoever. Um, and it's, haunt, you know, it's haunted you for however long, by the sounds of things. I know it's ridiculous. Oh, and you just, you. but like... it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I don't want you to then self-blame. This is the other problem, right? So we we internalize all these messages, and you know, I've, I'm not saying, oh God, I don't. I absolutely do. I'm as I'm as I'm as um, vulnerable in this world as everybody else. It doesn't matter that I'm a therapist. Mm. But then I think it's about not shaming ourselves for internalizing them, but actually getting pretty pissed off with the people that are making us making us feel that way. And that is yeah. you know, what I like to call society. And the thing is also, if we managed to let go of these things, our lives would be infinitely better. Think of the space anyway. that we have. Think of the space that we have to do things that we want to do. And I think, Graham, I don't know if this is, uh, I'd be interested in your, your views as a, a man on this, because obviously you're, you're the only boy in the girls club here. But, you know, this is definitely something that women, you know, it's documented women have a much hard, harder time of, than men I think men have their own struggles and their own unique perspective and set and I'm not I'm not saying not men but you know women do have an additional set of rules and examples that they have to follow especially with age and especially with weight and um and sort of you know sexual objectification so I think it massively for me it massively comes down to the individual yeah, uh, yeah. from a male point of view so I have had I make a list of goal, goals is better than resolutions every year what I want to do and it personally professionally some stuff is pretty easy stuff like i want to go on holiday some stuff is professional stuff in terms of a new job or a promotion but every year on top of it i have a i have a aesthetic goal it's not a, it's there might be within it i've so I've run marathons and within it it might be run a marathon or to get a 10k time but my number one every year and has been they're all in my notes on my phone for the last six seven years is an aesthetic goal and I don't actually know what that is, but it's a description. I know exactly what, but I know exactly what I type, and it is in there every single year. This is something that I've had positively out of this situation because I am able to train more, and I'm sure it's not an unhealthy amount, but it's a lot. And I've been able to start to do it because in my mind, I've been able to say, if you don't do it now, you're never doing it because you literally. So I'm still at work full time, and work is busy, and I still have other bits on in life, but. If you can't do it now, when 90% of other stuff is cancelled, you're never going to do it. And you really then have to accept this is you. You need to go and have a conversation with someone because you have no excuses and you claim, this is my head talking, you claim it's something that you really want, but actually, do you really want it? Because you have some personal trainer, I know how to do it. I've just got to go through the steps to do it. So that was a long-winded answer, but yeah, I so personally, <laughs> but personally, really, it's very interesting. but personally, I do every and every year. So it, it's yeah, body dysmorphia is probably a little bit too strong, but in terms of that look and feel, yeah, massively, yeah, massively a, a big thing for me. But equally, I know mates who are just like, yeah, I, I don't care, I'm not, I'm not bothered, or certainly not as bothered as I am. 
Yeah, so about kind of respecting, I guess, the individual's approach. And mm. I guess if people were listening to this and thinking, I think you made a, a really good point, Graham, about, you know, actually just questioning, why am I putting that resolution there? And that's not that it shouldn't be there. Again, I'm not here to say you shouldn't have a resolution or you should. But I am here to say, why do you have that resolution? Because it feels quite important that you know why you're setting yourself up in this way. And once you know that, you can know if it's good or bad for you and you can go from there. Yeah, and then why you're not permitted then why why are you not achieving it that's the yeah. big thing for me what is it what is in between so anyway before i, I feel like i'm about to be uh private no no not on you not not on you at all but on me on people about to hear me just have like open up to the world so you said about being a being someone that's completely open to people coming in and and seeing you Obviously, that can't happen right now. The C word, not that C word, the correct <laughs> C word. That is not allowed. But you're, I know you're doing online and telephone therapy sessions. In the normal world, you have very recently just opened up your service on Broad Street. Yes, correct. So um, I'm very much still open for business. Um, I've, I've got a relatively full caseload but I have got some spaces for new clients which you know people are very welcome to get in touch um, I am offering virtual therapy um, over zoom or facetime or telephone if people prefer that and I think you know just as I was saying a moment ago about the good enough mother I think as therapists that's something we also go by you know being a good enough therapist and you know an online isn't perfection it's not as good as face to face but it is good enough and there is proper connection to still be had with clients and there is mental health improvement that can be done and I can listen just as well you know over zoom and over zoom and I am I'm I'm very happy working online I actually really enjoy it and it will be something that I continue to do far after you know beyond what's going on here um it was always something I wanted to do anyway um, and it's just really sped up that process. So I really advocate for online therapy separate to a sort of um, survival mode. I think it is something that can be great, particularly for people that aren't local or people that are very busy or people that, you know, want to have yeah that flexibility to fit it in. But um, yes, like you say, normally my my practice was based on Broad Street um, at the Stanford Consulting Rooms. That's actually I've obviously had to close that down because I, I can't be paying for a premises that I can't use. So I really am hoping to open back up there. Obviously, after this happens, I have a great relationship with the manager there who has been incredibly supportive throughout this whole process and really advocated for me doing what's best for my business. So, yeah, that's that's where you can find me um, until further notice. But I am I am online so come and uh, see me there too I guess to reassure people as well that might be nervous about you know showing up at a therapist door for the first time there's um there's a buzzer there's a waiting room it's very discreet it's very um comfortable welcoming um and it's yeah it's a really really lovely practice I feel hugely privileged to work from there actually yeah spoken about your your training and this week has been a very big week for you yeah there's a lot of people that openly give advice whether it's Sharon on Facebook or uh, other people that claim to be qualified I'm guessing from how you've explained and from those that don't know there is actually a huge amount of education training and legis and but potentially a lack of legislation around it that means it's it's risky that people are giving this advice out without the proper qualifications uh, and it's equally as in, it's imperative that people are getting qualified and people are reaching out to the right people. Yeah, I think I couldn't have really put that better myself. Um, one of the things that was just so shocking to me when I decided to get into this line of work was that 
um, there's no legal protection over the term therapist. So anyone can stick a sign on their door saying therapist and, and charge and work as one. Now, obviously, that's hugely unethical. Um, I suppose I didn't really understand before I trained why that was so unethical. Right? I was always considered myself quite a people person. I've been kind, been empathic. And I was like, oh, but I'd be, you know, good at that. You know, I, I'm going to do the proper training, but I think I'll be fine anyway. And then I got this wealth of information over the last four years that really just showed me how before the this training I was not in a place to be offering you know correct mental health support to people at all I had a huge amount of personal work to do myself I had um, to understand you know the nuances of mental health I had to understand privilege I had to understand intersection I had to understand so much about power and the medical model and the different kinds of therapy and I would really really just encourage anybody looking for a therapist or a counsellor to you know go through a website like the BACP or the UKCP or Psychology Today where there is a list of qualified properly accredited therapists who have done you know a minimum standard of training that means they are safe and well equipped it's it's such a shame the government you know haven't protected this this label yet and I can only hope that one day they do but I think it's really important that for anyone listening they're aware that you know there are there are charlatans out there and that you know it's, it's hugely disheartening but yeah there are ways to make sure your therapist is is legit it's the you same know. with it's the same with nutritionists yeah. i never realized that and it's dangerous right you know this is people's you know nutrition similarly this is people's mental health you know we wouldn't we wouldn't go to a, a doctor that said oh i'm just giving it a go because i think i might we just wouldn't do it and i think that's part of the stigma you know until the government properly respects this profession what you know people aren't going to either and i think really that's where that's where it needs to start but i guess the best thing we can do is you know tell everyone we know best and safest routes into therapy and and go from there really yeah no, absolutely in terms of people reaching yourself what yeah. is the best way of of doing so i show up on a few places i'm on twitter um and instagram at therapy underscore gem which um, i know sounds a bit cheesy but it does what it says on the tin so you can see me that way but actually for do- for you know for appointment inquiries I'd, I'd love it if people would go via my website www.gemmasagas.com or you can email me gemma at gemmasagas.com yeah if you come through that channel or of course i'm on you know the bacp website and stuff so you can go that way but yeah that's how to find me and there's a heap of other resources and helplines as well on your website i know yeah absolutely and i think actually you've you've just raised a point of something i said earlier about not going to more than one therapist if we're looking at something like addiction, going to AA or GA or NA can be really great alongside therapy. So only have one therapeutic relationship, but if it's addiction you're struggling with and you need to access a support group, all of which, like you say, can be found on the website, then that can be a, a brilliant resource as well. And I think I've made the point today, hopefully, that I really understand therapy as a you know, socioeconomic issue and people can't afford the services. So on my website, those, those helplines and stuff can be accessed at hopefully a much cheaper a cost and look I'm really sorry that I can't afford to work for free in an ideal world I would see everybody but I have to you know <laughs> have to pay mm-hmm. my bills and, and and that's just the reality of life unfortunately but yeah access some of those resources and I think there's a couple of local ones on there and international ones as well so hopefully something and, and if look if, again I've said this but if people need to be pointed in a direction please get in touch and I will do my best to do that as well yeah absolutely thank you and uh, one that I've seen that you've supported in the past uh, Mintridge Foundation I know and we've also Mindspace Stamp well so they're just two, two local ones that I've personally worked with and 
do an amazing thing run by a great people. absolutely i to be honest i i think one of my guilty feelings is that there's more i could have could do with with mindspace and now hopefully i've got a bit more free time i can connect with them because i know they do just the most amazing things for mental health locally and yeah mint ridge was um was something i fell into because i do a lot of work uh, as a mental health consultant which i haven't touched on but you know i work with um sports advocacy and do a lot of stuff within businesses about how to properly talk about mental health and how to make sure you're not powering over clients and all of this kind of stuff and mint ridge was something locally that i saw that was just doing something on a very similar ethos with sports advocacy and mental well-being so I got in touch with their founder and just said, oh, I think we might have shared interests and she's uh, amazing, um, all the stuff she's doing. So yeah, check that out. I think I saw that you did the marathon for them recently or the, the team marathon. Yeah. Uh, I kept saying she, I mean, Alex. So, so, so ap ap apologies, Alex. Um, uh, yeah, and I think they would, they would, well, I'm involved in something, their new 28 Not Out campaign tackling mm -hmm. um, suicide. So yeah, there'll be, there'll be more to come on that. So watch the space, but yeah. No, love, love them. Yeah, absolutely. And Alex is gonna will be on in the future as ah, brilliant. will will Mindspace. It, yeah, they're they're all planned in. Before we go on to the Stanford new news, someone that you mentioned earlier, and this isn't a Stanford person, but it is another podcast. You mentioned Bryony Gordon. So her podcast, Mad World, is well, I think it's great. It's the one that I listen to a lot. I'm talking about mental health, etc. I would point people that way yeah absolutely yeah i love Bryony, and i think her transition from sort of party girl with her first book the wrong knickers to mad girl where she discusses her mental health and i think she's now she's now sober and writing a book about you know what it's like to tackle alcohol addiction and you know she's an advocate in the purest form i think all her work's amazing so i hard and fast agree with you about the mad world podcast that's really cool what is new in Stamford, I think Molly just supped there, supped your wine. Yeah. But that I, large glass of wine has disappeared. It has disappeared. No, I've been quite quiet. I've just been listening. I've just found that really interesting. And it's not what it's a completely like different subject for me to listen to. I don't not really ever like delved into it that much. So that was just really interesting to listen to. So yeah, I have been quiet. Um, not we we can see you. I know you've not been asleep. <laughs> just that red wine's just what, been disappearing. <laughs> yeah, no, I have been paying attention. So no, that was really interesting. Just some Stamford bit that have popped up in the last week a few new places well not new a few places that are not new but are opening back up a little bit um yeah some places that are back um kind of up and running again from this week so scandamania are doing fridays with a kind of grab and go menu they're doing like coffees sandwiches cakes and stuff um obviously we'll all be takeaway but literally grab and go but it'd be nice to be open again i, can't, I honestly can't wait to have a coffee that i've bought somewhere another cafe just on the high street also opening back up is going to be cafe black doing the same kind of similar vibe grab and go takeaway drinks and food um, and also their ice creams out the window so and then one other one i just thought of which i saw on facebook during the week was cafe on the square are now doing a thai takeaway vibe takeaway what they yeah. they used to do the dine-in and now doing it as a that'd be good it's just a few more places opening back up a little and the last thing which i said the other thing was the last thing was Ray's, who are the kind of coffee house jazz bar that opened up on the high street just before we went into lockdown unfortunately they shared some photos of their outdoor terrace which is looking amazing and very spacious so i think once that's all open back up in summer hopefully um with some good weather coming that'll be a really good place if you've not seen that check out on on their pages the final thing from me is we need listeners to help us pass the pod we need people to share when they're listening we need them to tell their friends we we know people are listening we know you're listening i can see you 
I see all the numbers. We know the social media stuff's going up as well. So whether it's tagging us in photos of you listening, whether it's telling your mum, your dad, your friends that you're listening, please share it. Please at us in the photos. It's difficult for us right now to market ourselves, obviously, given the current climate. But we know that, as I say, the listeners are there. Um, the feedback is in the main. People are enjoying it. So please pass it on. We want the numbers to grow. Hopefully, we're sharing interesting conversations, interesting people, what's on in Stamford. It's a nice addition to the town. But yeah, we need you guys to be, be sharing it with people. Um, we've had lots of positive feedback. As I mentioned, we've had the support of Stamford Mercury, Stamford Living, Rutland Radio. We just need to keep that going and appreciate everyone that does. Pass the word, take us in your photos, and uh, we will continue to do what we do and waffle along, as I'm doing now. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? One thing I'd like to ask Gemma before we go, and that is to give us some kind of interesting insight to her time spent in the Harrods food halls, organising high-end and hospitality and stuff so i think actually this is going to loop really beautifully back to the start of this show where we were talking about people in the woods um and i think one of my <laughs> one of my one of my standout stories um so yes i had the huge privilege of working with the rich and famous coming in so we had you know chris jenner adele simon cowell like you say it we saw it it was it was great but the standout story isn't a celeb story it's it's a story that uh, in the hamper department during the Christmas period, we take on a load of temporary staff because obviously hampers are seasonal. So we go from doing, you know, hardly any trade to just crazy loads of trade. And uh, this couple came in, um, you know, very well dressed, obviously very rich. And we pointed them to the to the ordering desk where they sat with one of our new temps um, who was trying his absolute best. And he took their order all went well all went through great and then later the, the the guy from the couple just just popped back um on his own and the the temp thought oh i've i've already you know i've already met him i'll you know i'll pull up his account and i'll you know put this last hamper through that he's forgotten you know we'll fill in the gift message da 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 anyway um a couple of days later this man you know just really tall man really big presence came sort of thumping his way into the department and said oh i need to speak to the manager so I was like, oh, that's, that's me. Uh, and he said, you have ruined my marriage. And I thought, sorry, like, you know, like you look back on your last week and you think, I, I don't think I have. So I said, oh, you know, come pulled him off the shop floor and said, you know, come and speak to me. What, what are you talking about? He said, you have ruined my marriage. Your team um, have sent the gift message that I was meant to send to my mistress, to my wife. And she now knows that I'm having an affair because you've put the hamper that I ordered separately on her email address and it's been sort of delivered to her account that I'm sending this hamper to this woman with the gift message and then he said and this is the bit that really peed me off he said and the thing is you know what you women are like she's mainly just upset because the hamper I'm sending my mistress is more expensive than the one I've got for her and I just thought <laughs> well I don't think that's why she's upset sir but <laughs> 
But, oh, I think uh, you know, I would have said, I think you're the only person that's responsible for ruining your marriage, mate. It's actually so, nothing to do with me uh, or the hampers. Absolutely. And do you know what? If, if this, is, this just is a testament to the power of Harrods, right? So that is exactly what I wanted to say. But this <laughs> talking about, you know, the customer is never wrong. So I pretty much apologise for ruining his marriage. One of my associates <laughs> was then forced to call his wife and say it had been an administrative error and, you know, not to worry about anything. And they were terribly sorry and da 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 so Harrod sort of covered up the whole thing and apologised and you know he he was allowed to sort of arrogantly walk away as if he had done no wrong so that was that was one of my more unbelievable times I think (laughs) was it someone we knew no it was it was not but it was somebody that was apparently a very high profile lawyer and that if I you know did not give him what he wanted he would sue me so I mean, I think he was, yeah. I think he was all chat, but... Um, I, like to, I like to think that his wife was no idiot. She probably knew exactly what was going on, but just, you know, tolerated it. I just it. thought, do you know what? And I, because I, they were like, oh, you're going to have to, you know, fire the temp that's done this. This is disgusting. And I just thought, absolutely not. I'm going to go and shake his hand. What a brilliant, what a brilliant way to rumble <laughs> a man that thought he was just so big and so clever cheating on his wife and just got absolutely caught out by a, by a Christmas temp. So there we go. Yeah. Good for you. Tell, tell the uh, tell the people in the woods not to order any Christmas hampers. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as you said uh, Jenna, Molly shuffled up and got all excited. Oh. I like that. Yeah. Oh, Jenna, Jenna. Jenna. Yeah, the only got yeah, the only gospel I had about her was that she um she paid on like the family Amex, which wasn't signed. And we said, Oh, we, we can't accept this card, it's not signed. And she said, Don't you know who my family are? And everyone's going, Of course we know who your family are. And she's like, We all share it, we all use it, put it through, or I'm not shopping here. And so Harrods went, Okay, yeah, that's fine, you know, we'll 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 do exactly what you want. Good to know that she's really nice and friendly though. That just makes me like them even more than I already do. Did. Do, do you know what? They were fab and they spent an absolute fortune on chocolate eggs, so we, we couldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So final thing before we go, Gemma, and thank you very much for joining us. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry if I've waffled on a bit, but thank you for having all. me. It's been really not fun. Not at all. Before we go, can I just give a shout out to my dad who went into hospital uh, over the weekend, not COVID related, had an operation on Monday and he will be religiously listening to this as he always does. Go Papa Harris. So he lives in Italy as well, which isn't the ideal place perhaps to be in hospital at the moment. But uh, yeah, he's in hospital and will be for another sort of a few days or something. So hi, dad. Hope you're listening. We'll see. Big up, Mr. Harris. Before we let you go, if do you have one piece of advice professionally for people listening whilst we are in <clears throat> coronavirus? And do you have any recommendations oh, yeah. that you've either watched, listened to for people to help with the current situation? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess on the professional advice front, it would be um, we're all experiencing something that unites us, but how we're experiencing it is completely unique. So, you know, however you want to cope with this, whether it's doing a HIIT workout, lying on the sofa, just going for a walk, eating all the food, eating, you know, just however your self-care looks, it's really important to know that that's absolutely fine. Um, I think we're very much in a, a survival place at the moment. And I think surviving is very different to thriving. And I think it's about just really checking in with ourselves and, and working out what that survival looks like and, and not shaming ourselves or anyone else if if that looks different. Particularly, I know that, you know, some households are full of lots of different people with lots of different coping styles. And I think it's about being tolerant and respectful of, of difference in coping mechanism and, you know, having conversations and giving each other the necessary space and, and talking, you know, ask people how they are, ask 
you know and, and listen as well listen to what they say and um and don't be afraid to, to share how you are either on the slightly more upbeat note um things i've been watching i mean i feel this should come with a mental health warning actually normal people yeah yeah so that was that's incredible incredible piece of um piece of television i uh for the well for the guys and girls out there actually i've been watching this thing on netflix called the last dance which is michael the story of michael jordan's career mm-hmm. which is unbelievable mm. in terms of you know the level of fame and success and just the pressure they're all under and so i i think that's been a real kind of escapist tv for me and then something that's a little bit more traditionally girly i've, I've loved dead to me on netflix i don't know if anybody's watched that it's, yeah um, i finished watching that last night actually yeah it's so good <laughs> so yeah. produced, produced by will ferrell and um, it's just it's just quite funny yeah yeah the michael jordan one i was thinking about that earlier because i was watching celebrity goggle box usa and they were watching it talking about it and i thought actually that might be quite an interesting random documentary to watch i think it'd be quite cool so good it is Mm. my my uh my fiance introduced me to it and i was like oh i don't really know like and oh i'm in like it's so interesting yeah okay right i'm gonna watch that (laughs) you you know how many people have watched it because apparently the uh the rapid rise in sales of Michael Jordan basketball vests. Oh, well, I saw on your profile, you've actually got some Air Jordans on your Instagram, Graham, I think, didn't you? So you're very on trend even, you know, before the, the mainstream caught up. My my trainer collection is... Uh, yeah, this this all ties in with Graham and his aesthetic. We've looked back around to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, there's two cupboards plus full of trainers. It's not great, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Edge, yeah, all of them. What does that say about you? I am <laughs> very good at spending money. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it was one that I was really looking forward to and has certainly uh, lived up to uh, my, my hopes, I guess, and uh, something that many people are, are extremely passionate about. It's something that's becoming more and more prevalent and important in, in society and, and hopefully that people listening uh, agree with me and uh, I've got a lot to take away from it and encourage them if they want someone to reach out to to talk to or someone to point them in the right direction um, to do so with yourself absolutely thank you so much for having me it's been um it's been really fun 